Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Journal of Biophilic Design. We're media sponsors of a new event, the Net Zero Workplace, taking place on the 7th of July at the Cavendish Conference Centre in London. Um, and it's full of I Drink Social. We, we did a great interview with Jeremy Campbell and Ian Baker of MCOR, who were speaking at the event um, as well. And um, we are with a completely different vibe. We are really thrilled to be joined today by Annecy Bauer. Um, she's an environmental psychologist and design professional. And she's also founder of Humans in Trees, a fantastic concept, um, which she's going to tell us about. Um, Annecy is also speaking at the event and it, uh, her title is How to Design Sustainable Habitats for Sustainable habits now this is completely up my alley i just love this i love the fact that we're going to be talking about um uh, aristotle's concept of eudaimonia um biophilic design revolutionizing the workplace to support net zero targets um so um Annecy, many thanks for joining us today thank you for having me yeah i'm glad to be here yeah that's lovely um well first of all maybe you could explain what humans in trees is um it's a great name for a business um can you explain maybe where the name came from came from and uh, and what you do there please sure yes um and i'd like to show you a picture of mine um that i uh, recently came up and uh, i really like love it <laughs> oh that's so nice here's my dad and that's me <laughs> So there you go, you have it, uh, humans in trees. But uh, I, I think it was a little bit of a, um, a development for me. I first wanted to call myself like ambassador of nature or like an embassy for nature, stuff like that. But then I, I noticed that I wanted more sort of a, a playfulness in, in the name. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, for some reason I came up with the humans in trees and uh, for me, it's uh, symbolic and means three things. First of all, the playfulness that what you just saw, but also the, um, you know, um, remembering how we were as a child, like um, in contact with nature, real close to it and having really fun to be out there and, um, you know, also maybe risking stuff uh, and um, just, um, yeah, having fun climbing around and playing with each other and close to nature. Uh, but second, it's also very symbolic for if you climb up a tree, your perspective of things change, right? And that is for me a very important element that you um, see that you're part of a greater whole, you know, that, um, yeah, that you have more of an overview and that you understand more your place in the world. And uh, thirdly, it's more of a like a spiritual um, uh, take on the name, because eventually, if, if we understand that everything is connected, you should be able to see yourself as well in a tree, like um, in a mirror, you know, like, because you are also connected with the tree. It's, it's the same source, at least that's how I understand it now. Yeah, so those are the three um, symbolic um, um, meanings behind it and uh, one thing um, to add up is that I'm sort of obsessed with tree houses <laughs> <And> <laughs> when I'm grown up uh, I, I will 
uh, I want, I really want to live in a tree house and uh, that is my sort of dream. And uh, yeah, there you have it, the literal meaning of the name. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'd, I'd love to live in a tree house as well. I've, I've seen some amazing ones. There's places you can stay in. I'm just, uh, I really must do it. I think it's um, it's wonderful. Um, so what, what is it, well, can, if you could explain maybe a little bit about what exactly like you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I since I knew that I was leaving the job where I've been working for seven years, it was at a, an interior architect here in Amsterdam. Um, I um, of course looked, searched for what my mission would be um, in uh, in life, because I um, I felt I couldn't really um, grow into my potential there. But um, working for someone is really totally different than working for yourself and being able to really, you know, uh, get out there into the world what wants to be, um, you know, transferred yeah. through you. So I, um, and of course, the whole um, sustainability issues that also I thought um, it's more, much more urgent than um, trying to get people who have a good office get even a better office <laughs> so that I lost a sense of urgency. Um, maybe it's typical at that age, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I got the opportunity then to write a book chapter for um, uh, the book which has been published in January, The Humane Office, The Human Office. And I wrote a chapter for that book on my vision on, on how to obviously um, get us more towards a sustainable um, lifestyle. But then I um, dug deeper into the issue of like, what is the, um, what I call it, the source of all evil? Like, how did we get here in the first place? You know, that was for me um, uh, first um, 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 important to answer before I could answer, what can I do? You know, what, yeah. how can I contribute to solving those issues? What is there to solve? That was my, um, um, yeah, the, the search, uh, the, the question I had. And and what I came up with um, for me, it's it's, it's for me it's simple actually but and it's our distorted relationship with nature mm. because if we understand what i just uh, um, explained that everything is connected that we are part of nature that we are nature then um it follows for me automatically uh, that we would make different choices on a daily basis and uh, really do things differently so um, um for me it um it's the same with lack of spirituality yeah. And um, that um, led to my sort of mission to let people fall in love with nature again. So that is uh, what I'm set out to do. <laughs> and um, I see myself a little bit as a gardener to plant seeds. And then um, hopefully, you know, some seeds will um, um, flourish and uh, come to um, uh, nice flowers that um, embrace the, this sense of spirituality and interconnected with, with all living things, which is obviously uh, literally the meaning of biophilia. Um, yes, yeah, my hope is that I, through my work, I can, you know, plant the seeds and uh, make the world again to more spiritual understanding. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing this in a number of ways. Um, First of all, I, I I love to inspire, and I love to make really inspiring presentations. And hopefully, I will um, succeed at the network um, uh, at the uh, zero. Um, what's it called again? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the workplace. Yeah. The net, net zero. Oh, the net zero yeah. workplace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have another opportunity to do it there, and I'm really excited to be there uh, finally in person again. Um, 
And then I inform, that is something I've done uh, for the, in, like in several years now, uh, to give a design advice um, for, it can be companies, but it can also be architects. I um, recently have done it at a camping. <laughs> um, the camping wanted to be more sustainable to make also the more, um, um, inspire people to be more sustainable. And I have to give all kinds of advice how to be doing that in, on this camping site. That was super cool to do. Uh, to do. Oh. And, um, I also give ideation workshops and that is ideation is part of a design thinking method. Um, and I just picked out the cherry piece of it because I really love to have fun with crazy ideas and to make connections uh, between things that haven't been connected before. And this is uh, typically, of course, where you get the innovations, but um, always within the realm of biophilic design because that is my love of course for and design wise as well what i really believe in yeah yeah and yeah <laughs> <laughs> the last thing was the last thing the the new core for me um is um my workshop series um on um, and i call it designing for new earth and um that is really also what i'm going to talk about at the um uh, at the conference mm -hmm. Um, and the, 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 the core of this work is to ignite the personal and spiritual development of people. Mm -hmm. And um, that is also where this um, um, two ways of um, designing uh, comes from in my mind, because designing the physical environment, the outer landscape, or I'll call it yeah. then, that's one thing. And it can play a really big role in um, how people behave. I totally um, uh, um, support that, but then I think it's not enough. It's, you think it's not enough. And that's why I um, really also have embraced now and um, developed something to um, build biophilic habits, like biophilic behavior, so that people um, understand that um, there's that they have to change something in, in their um, inner landscape as well to um, and then they can you know function as a, as a bit really powerful um, uh, tool together uh, to, to mm. shift our consciousness and then again also how we do things and um, yeah how we um, yeah, live our lives Mm, I love that. I love that. Change our inner landscape as well. I think that's a really nice um, way of putting it. Um, and biophilic design should just not just be about your environment, says the cat walking past. And if you can see it in the picture there. Um, uh, yeah. Um, but um, but it's, it's also about it's about how you live your life, how you choose to, you know, your choices and um, yeah, in, actually inside you and, and that reconnection with spirituality. Um, I mean, you've touched on, you know, obviously one of the main things of biophilic design is to is to bring nature wherever um, wherever people are, wherever you are, you know, um, and obviously you're passionate about the environment, obviously. Um, do you, I mean, and you've, you've actually sort of touched on this, but how do you think um, encouraging a physical connection um, and an understanding of nature will also actually help us protect our natural environment? So kind of like, you know, on the sustainability, biodiversity kind of messaging, how do you think that will inform our, our choices maybe? Yeah, so I think your audience is probably well aware of um, the powerful effects of uh, biophilic design as it is, right? Yeah. Um, 
but I have also seen studies, um, maybe that's not known for many people, but that biophilic design also can um, stimulate pro-social behavior and trust and empathy uh, on, on employees. And uh, so we get more friendly and generous and helpful towards one another. And I think that is also like a, a really powerful um, effect of biophilia. Um, I think we should focus more on this social aspect of health and less, uh, well, the, the trend is, of course, like the physical health and um, happiness and productivity. Yeah. And, and in the end, that is um, quite uh, yeah, linked to money in the end, if it comes down to if you want to follow it. Uh, but um, it, it, we should be more idealistic, I think, in, in that sense of how we design mm. um, and um, I, yeah, biophilic design. Um, has also been found to um, um, have an effect on that people want to behave more sustainably um, because um, biophilia um, 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 increases the aff affinity with nature because if you are surrounded by nature um, and it's also of course the, um, the, the evolutional phenomenon of biophilia um, that we are predisposed to um, want to be in contact with nature though it increases that yeah. And then it, um, something um, develops that, that you want to care for nature because you understand it's um, uh, also the same that you care for yourself. And yeah. I really like that moment of awe that, uh, you know, if you're in a forest and you look up and then you see like, whoa, this sort of, uh, there's more, uh, more than that. And you are feeling almost overwhelmed. But yeah, that it's, it's important to create moments of awe that you um, understand that like sort of almost a magic um, moment that people um, have when they have those moments. And um, that is a beautiful um, you know, way of mm. feeling humble again and yes. uh, you know, uh, understanding that the world doesn't evolve around you, 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 me, 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 but us, we are all, you know, the more, the more of a focus of the, to the collective and to the mm. social surroundings and animals. Uh, yeah, all those uh, things that, um, get sidetracked sometimes <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not sure if it's answered your question <laughs> no no it has it has I think I mean I I often talk about awe and I I think that's one of the wonderful aspects of biophilic design when you're looking at nature and you you get that jaw-dropping wonderful feeling in your heart and in your mind and it's it just like it's, it's it's almost overpowering sometimes isn't it if you're going if you go people get that feeling that awe feeling when they go walking in mountains or walking in a forest like you say and you look up and you actually said that you went oh wow you know it's that is that and we're trying to conjure that in our workplace really does um yeah. change change our our sort of concept, I suppose, of, of how we live. It was really interesting that you said also there's this promoting the social aspect um, as well. You know, if we're surrounded by nature, then we're more social, we're more trustworthy, you know, we, we trust other people um, and there is that sort of social um, messaging as well. So I think that's, that's really good. Um, you're gonna be speaking at the Net Zero event. I'd like to talk a little bit about that, um, how to design sustainable habitats for sustainable habits. I mean, you've kind of you sort of have touched on it here, but um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you're going to be saying, and and also, um, yeah, how how can we do that? <laughs> I mean, how especially in the workplace? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell, you know, um, sort of, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, um, 
I also thought like, I mean, if we can answer this question, we have found the holy grail sort of thing. <laughs> no, exactly. So no pressure, no yeah. pressure, you know. No, but to me, it really feels like I have found the answer, seriously. Yeah. And uh, it's a long way to get there. But um, for me, it's just, uh, yeah, what I uh, said earlier, the simple answer is. But uh, of course, there's many ways to get there. And I have chosen now my way in the sense of um, having this inner and outer landscape and letting them click. And I've uh, tried to, um, now I work with a three layer model. Yeah. Um, and um, the, the, the basis of my approach is actually the quote by Albert Einstein. Um, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used uh, when we created them. And the key message for me is here, the, the same thinking, you know, we have to change our thinking, let go of old paradigms and old belief systems. And that is for me at the core yeah. Cat coming <laughs> sorry the cat's coming my cat's coming downstairs again is it? <laughs> so in the core we have um what we believe and that to me um is sort of what drives us um what drives also our behavior mm. so and and that is basically we have to re-believe in the spiritual side of things um that is also something um what um it's very uh, evident in, in science, you know, we have brought up with a sense of first I need to see it and then I have can believe it. Yes. But actually we should maybe throw this around, like make the switch and believe it and then you will see it because yes. we can create what we can see then. And that is just uh, such a um, powerful thing to understand. And that, mm. Not that I'm a master manifester <laughs> far from it yet, but um, this is actually what I uh, think we um, should be much more um, open towards to um, un accept it, that there's a different way of doing things. So first belief uh, in the spirituality to rediscover our just, uh, spirituality. The second layer around it, then I call the from belief, what we believe we become. That yeah. is our sort of, um, um, and I, I call it this layer, the authentic heart. We should, mm -hmm. um, and I, I do that, I try that then in my workshops. That's the theme of each workshop, mm -hmm. um, uh, to become aware of our own truth, to um, also dare to speak from our hearts, yeah. to uh, dare to deviate from the masses, because um, we are afraid maybe that if I only do that and everybody else does that, that must be wrong. No, we have to, um, you know, uh, get some um, access to our intuition again and, um, um, yeah, be able to uh, communicate as well mm. how we think about uh, things and that takes a lot of courage and uh, but it in the end it is so um, empowering and you know that because you have you can make sincere decisions and that will not make you sick in the end you know it's also the, all that stress because we keep going uh, a certain direction that um, gets us further away from our own identity from our own authentic heart and that I think is um, that's the most dearest uh, um, um, theme or like the object to to me because I, I I feel such a power in this to in the end live your honest and free and authentic life. And in the outer layer, then um, that's what we mostly focus on um, um, from the become the behaving. And that is the eco authentic lifestyle, as I call it. And I mean by that that we. Um, can create a lifestyle for ourselves that um, honors our ecological self um, mm. and our 
authentic self, you know, that, um, and that is also um, that we act on our own authority um, as opposed to a lifestyle that has been imposed on us, you know, and uh, that we often also fail to um, critically review or verify for ourselves again, because we just, you know, take it for, for granted that that's how um, we do things in this society. And it's true, and it makes a lot of things um, more easy, uh, easier, but um, I think it's worth looking at ourselves, like why are we doing this? Uh, mm -hmm. And that is um, where I teach people how to um, uh, integrate new habits in their lives, and, uh, but also make them last. Because um, if you um, do things out of a guilt uh, feeling, um, yeah. or because everybody does it, um, you will never be able to uh, really sustainably um, be able to uh, uh, execute this habit. And um, that's, I think, the power of um, asking ourselves, why am I doing what I'm doing? And why am I not doing what I want to do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these are the habits and the habitats that then I uh, will um, explain in the presentation. Each layer has one habit that I address in a workshop form. And each layer has two habitats, um, like two um, design strategies, if you want, um, that can support this new habit or the, 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 the thematic of uh, each layer, like spirituality, your authentic heart, and the eco-authentic lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then, yeah, in the end, I hope to create then a synchronized flow between them, uh, between habits, the inner, um, landscape and the outer landscape uh, habitats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sort of a model. So, can you give? Can you maybe give us a bit of an example, like for instance, in the workplace, um, of what like one of the design strategies could be, for instance, to kind of to facilitate one one aspect of of, of one of these yeah. layers or something, just so that people can understand a little bit about where you're coming from, sort of thing. Um, I can also quickly uh, name them. I mean, in the in the in eco authentic uh, layer, um, it's um, sustainable uh, design, which is commonly known as like the BRIEM and the LEED certificates. You know, all that stuff around that sustainable technology, um, and and biophilic design, which is obviously a very well known in, in this audience. And um, in the authentic hard layer, I um, have um, uh, I. Uh, differentiate between authentic design and ritual design and for instance authentic design is um, something um, I mean it means um, designing for empowerment um, the design should um, um, encourage people to be themselves uh, which is uh, celebrates diversity and the beauty of imperfection uh, that uh, comes from the Japanese principle of wabi-sabi um, you probably have heard that like nothing lasts nothing is finished and nothing is perfect because in this way it really acknowledges um, um, in my mind authenticity at its core you know so many times we see that um, uh, designers uh, really you know make it like a showcase scenario and um, I've actually heard somebody say uh, that the, uh, the, uh, the, the architect was like the day before the people would go into the workplace like oh, it's such a pity that tomorrow the people are coming in here <laughs> because they're going to mess it up you know yeah, exactly. it's so funny I mean that's uh, typically <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah um 
the authentic hard layer or like the authentic design um, and that has more to do with the methods um, um, you can also think especially in the workplace it, it's um, participatory design you know involve people in the design process um, let them personalize their um, workspace or like the office uh, space and let them also adapt it uh, to their changing needs you know that would be um, um, one of the examples and uh, the ritual design is more about um, um, giving the opportunities for people to engage in activities that um, uh, let them uh, go further in their spiritual and uh, personal development mm -hmm. that can be active uh, like or more passive um, activities like meditation but also active activities like yoga um, singing and dancing together, making music, you know, that's um, also not a lot of times you see that in offices, yoga and meditation, yes, it has found its way into office spaces, but um, yeah, to really also address uh, this um, in, in the work culture, to go within, uh, to um, slow down and uh, to really explore your inner landscape, that is, um, I think, I don't really see that. Uh, that it's really in the, in the work uh, um, culture as well um, and that it, that you find it mm -hmm. in, in really the daily um, schedules or whatever you know like mm. rush 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 uh, from meeting to meeting and there's enough companies that um, still are pushing themselves to fill every minute of yeah. those eight hour days and I think that's quite sad um, I, I I don't think I could back, go back to that no, me neither. I couldn't. I don't. I, I just I love I love the freedom of being able to come and go and do what I want to do. Sometimes it's like really manic. And, you know, just like recently, this last month has been just full on. And, and then you get you then you get a month when it's like lighter. But I have the choice. I have the choice to take which clients I want on and all that kind of thing. And it's a freelance life. But actually being inside an office um, doing and being told and to behave in a certain way and and just be constrained by certain desks and, and everything. I, I just I couldn't do that. I need I've had too much freedom, I think. And I, I think and, I, and I'm and I'm flourishing you know yeah. um to be fair so um you know um yeah so i i wish i wish you luck with the, your 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 the project i think it's it's wonderful and um the fact that you're doing it through workshops as well i think people will see the difference and feel the important thing is like you just mentioned is is actually they will feel the difference um and it will it will improve their mindset and everything so the workplaces will become better places where you know maybe you and i will want to go back to and actually and work in you know so you know i mean imagine i mean your your space there i mean people who are listening to this should just go onto youtube or in the journal of design.com and have a look at the podcast and see the video yeah that's the kindness because you've got an amazing space there you know <laughs> the plants and the trees and everything like you know and it's lots of natural materials and um it's just inspiring you know so even if you take a screenshot and um try and try to aspire to where where Annecy is working in your home <laughs> workplace I think that's, yeah. that's definitely the thing to do yeah. um I want to also talk about because we're still talking about the workplace um because we're talking about the net zero um event the net zero workplace event in london on the 7th of july in 2022 for people who are listening to it next year um but uh, um you you've recently published an article um on the eudaimonic um workplace um obviously I, I love the fact that it's um it's aristotle's concept of eudaimonia um and it's, it's a key to pulling all this together um and it's a concept of human happiness and flourishing and well-being and um, can you explain maybe what your vision um for it was and um and especially in the workplace 
um, yeah. and why, why is it important as well? <laughs> Um, for me, it's, I think it, uh, it started with um, me thinking about um, values um, because um, uh, I got intrigued by sort of this um, thought of um, how did we get into this misery in our planets when we have um, values, uh, which is per definition um, something good, you know, a value is valuable it is yeah. of value so how how did we get here and then it's it's more like the the, the um, it's not that we uh, pursue the wrong values but the, there's an imbalance there because mm -hmm. we uh, put too much uh, emphasis on um, values that are beneficial for the individual versus values that are um, um yeah beneficial for the collective and um so for me, it's um, looking at a looking for a concept that would, um, um, yeah, restore that balance. I think that was my search, uh, which led me to eudaimonia, and um, that concept is asking more meaningful questions in the sense of what is worthwhile in life, you know, and uh, also there's a sustainability um, a factor um, per definition already in that concept and um, what is the purpose of life, you know, and that, um, and then um, he, um, Aristotle then uh, came up with this answer that um, living a life that is aligned with intellectual and moral virtues. And there is exactly um, something that intrigued me, like virtues versus values. That is an interesting thing, you know. If you compare those two, you see that values are more um, locally considered to be um, good or um, desirable. And um, but that doesn't mean that they are um, per, per definition uh, uh, morally good, uh, because they are created uh, internally, like by our own design. Everybody has different values in the sense like, oh, yeah, I think it's important to be the first uh, competitive, really, you know? but um, so they can really be um, very um, subject to change in the sense of uh, how you've been brought up, um, what, uh, what kind of a religion you are following, you know, everybody um, gets led by those uh, factors and creates their own set of values. Virtues, on the other hand, are like universally uh, considered to be good, you know, and they are um, more accepted to have a high moral value as well, and um, because they're created externally, um, and that makes it uh, much more stable and not so subject to change. Um, and I understand that virtues and values, like the line between them, uh, is like thin. It's it's very debatable which is which. But um, then again, um, I came up to that question like. Um, that we should ask ourselves much more um, uh, frequently, who actually benefits from my subjective values and the behavior that emerges from them? And that is, I think, a very interesting question that to, for us all to um, ask ourselves and to think about much more. Um, because it's, it's in the end, it comes down to what person do I want to be and you know and, and that is what eudaimonia um, sort of encourages us um, to think about again go into your uh, inner landscape and um, um, challenge yourself at your core like uh, in what, who are you in your character um, and make an effort an active effort to um, change your inner landscape if it doesn't um, if, if it's not what you want to be and um, yeah, it's, it's, it can be very uncomfortable. And that's why a lot of people don't even go there, start with it, but also because they don't have the time and the um, mental um, 
um, room in, in their head, which I totally get uh, because what you know, when we um, push ourselves to um, fill every minute of our day and also with a family, I understand that there's no room in your um, mind to also think about yourself, to go within. Yeah, you have better things to do and like <laughs> better things. To me, there's nothing better you can do, but uh, it's, um, yeah, it's uh, it's something that um, doesn't get enough attention and uh, with the eudaimonic workplace, I try to um, give a different uh, set of values for the workplace as well, but that also needs to be integrated uh, somehow in the work culture, in the work, in the company DNA. Mm. Um, um, and that, for instance, also something that we see um, in greenwashing, yeah. you know, this effect of greenwashing is that um, because people um, or like companies feel obliged to yeah. um, take words in their mission statement, like clean, green, sustainable, you name it, everybody has it, uh, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, in these days. Um, but then um, those words often just live a quiet life on paper <laughs> because it's just not integrated in the um, DNA and the identity of the employees or just like a little, a few things. Um, I, I've seen it with my own uh, workplace where I used to live, uh, where I used to work. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you feel like you live there sometimes, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I'd love to... Um, contribute to um, getting this integrity um, again in, in, uh, in balance that, um, you know, that uh, companies make um, conscious choices and, um, you know, like, okay, I commit to this, but not to that. Yeah. Uh, because you cannot do it all, you know, and just be honest and um, uh, with what you set out to do and, and what is not for you, you know, it's like what is imposed on us and, uh, what do we feel we have to follow and we feel we have to talk about mm. but um it's it's it, again that also it takes courage to um not uh, want to do it all and not feel guilty about it and that's also a huge um aspect that um we should really get rid of the the feeling of guilt uh, that uh, i don't know that i don't um uh, collect my plastics or whatever you know and i'm not saying don't care about it you know but um we can only do so much and um, you know it, do the best you can and the fun factor is also a very important thing we uh, tend to forget because it's something that is fun that you commit to to do for instance i've now uh, for, for the very first time planted some seeds uh, for um, uh, uh, greenery of uh, uh, greens uh, like vegetables in my garden Every day I look at, oh, there's a, like a leaf coming out, you know, like uh, the, the courgette, the surini now uh, showed up <laughs> yesterday and it's great, you know, like, and that is something that um, can really um, add something to your life and then you stick with it, you know, and that is something that really also needs to be, um, I think, um, rectified with this whole greenwashing um, um, idea. And I think it's possible to get back our integrity. And yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I'm, I'm, I think that's a really good, um, valid point, actually. And I, and the whole concept of what you're doing there, humans in trees, is bringing that fun factor back. And if yeah. people listening to this, if they think about what they really love doing, 
um you know you are you do stick to the thing that you love doing whether that's eating chocolate or whatever it else it is but you kind of you, you do it because it makes you happy you know growing little flowers i mean whatever it might be for you you know um going out for a walk singing nate walks walks in nature you know growing plants indoors having natural wood furniture designing your home you know painting your walls you know what what is it that's really really makes you happy um you know and, and once you do one thing it kind of snowballs because once you've got something natural in your life, it's weird. You want more because your brain goes, I like this. I want more. This makes me feel good. This is making you feel good. Go get more. Go get more. So um, from the psychology, psychological aspect, um, you know, combining the environmental with the internal, like you just say, the external and the internal landscapes. Um, absolutely fantastic. So how are we going to how are we going to get work? <laughs> how are we going to do this? How are we going to get workplaces to um to take this on board you know into the everyday workplace how are we going to do yeah. it <laughs> um i think everything is possible if you feel a sort of urgency and of course yeah. um again that's a holy grail question <laughs> um, um i on the one hand i believe we need more people who um um dare to be visionary uh, if, nice. if you believe in that you know that to um um um, just build your business around different virtues or values and uh, that to me also means having the spirituality um, built into your business model you know yeah. that is, there's also a lot of research about um, um, spiritual the spiritual workplace mm -hmm. and um, if it helps you know okay we can really look at the sort of productivity um, um, and, and money issues that um, are, uh, that, the, that that is one of the benefits of a spiritual workplace um, but um, I think in it, it in itself it should be enough to believe in the spirituality because it does um, bring about um, a feeling of being connected to having a purpose, a sense of belonging, to have a, um, a higher power that uh, protects you or like um, uh, uh, supports you. And um, for me, that also means that in your work situation, you understand much more your purpose. And that is of course the, um, the intrinsic motivation we are all looking for. You know, if I wouldn't believe in my take on things now, I couldn't be doing this, you know, and that is like a powerful drive of um, everything basically we do and uh, imagine a workplace where everybody, you know, feels their purpose and, uh, you know, is in their power and also gets um, um, and encouraged to um, go inside and, um, you know, um, um, strengthen your inner, inner uh, purpose. Uh, from a spiritual leadership model as well and i've also explained that in my in this um, chapter that is like something that can really uh, put a um, like that really can uh, create and uh, form a, a company if a, if the leader um, has a, a spiritual aspect to it and um, yeah encourages this uh, way of living and um, um, yeah teamwork with each other um in, in in a daily basis and um that is sort of the um, purpose of driven a company um that is uh, in the workplace important but also a, a lifestyle um that gives you the space or like the work style that gives you the space to go within 
and um, aiming really for continuous personal growth um, also in your work um, um, to be at the place and in your potential that is right for you mm -hmm. to really make an effort of um, checking once and again if, if it's still what you want to do and um, yeah other aspects of um, other benefits there's a lot of um, uh, literature more than probably people um, would uh, expect on uh, the benefits of a, a spiritual workplace and mm -hmm. that it goes from better teamwork to mental and uh, physical health um, and also as a remedy uh, for work stress and frustration because you know it, it makes sense I mean it's just one and one is two if you have your purpose and you um, you know can be yourself uh, then um, there's no need to feel so much frustration or work stress or getting disengaged uh, uh, and being there but not really being there you know and that I think would really be also uh, the remedy of um, uh, for burnouts or, or yeah. chronic disease in that sense uh, and that is also something that I really want to follow the, that uh, burnouts or all those things the uh, this uh, lack of spirituality uh, in the workplace and you know it also it always seems so vague and uh, shady and and that's also a really interesting thing that I thought about like I want to do something with this maybe a podcast on spirituality like how do people see it you know what like the misunderstandings yeah. about it because yeah. several times I've had that with that people yeah I wouldn't call it spirituality because that you know gives yeah. a, a wrong um the, the, the religious aspect to it I think it's detrimental to, to uh, the the concept uh, as it is but um then I called it a while nature awareness you know but in the end I was like geez I, I should be able to say it you know like because that's just the word for it I think yeah um, mm -hmm. so it's, it's interesting how how much um, resistance there is for a lot of people and that I think that I understand a little bit that that this could be my sort of mission mm -hmm. because there are a lot of people who embrace spirituality you know but how do we get it into the workplaces that reject it and that for me is the, the challenge that uh, I have set out <laughs> to, uh, to embrace and uh, yeah and yeah. it's going to be interesting yeah <laughs> well I, I wish you luck with it I think it's really interesting I think it's a semantics isn't it it's words it's choice of words it's vocabulary like you say you use the yeah. word spirituality and people just immediately assume um religion and therefore taking away choice whereas actually the spirit is like you you daimonia daimon is a spirit it's in it's inside yeah. isn't it it's your brain it's your mind it's your purpose yeah. it's your energy it's all it's all of that thing so uh, it's, it's the internal spirit it's it's the spirit of you isn't it it's that spirituality within you um which um and it's a spirit there's spirituality energy whatever you want to call like you say what it's a difficult term isn't it really our our connotation our assumption with that that term with the word um is has can have you know with some people have a have negative memory or negative um things but we like you say you need to change that mindset because it comes from within it's it's eudaimonio it's the daimon it's that that spirit within us so um yeah good luck for that talking of which um the workshops that you do obviously really encourage people to look within themselves um how and, and also to connect with nature 
I've got a, I've just got a question for you. How do we really um, get people to see nature? How, how do we do that? Well, I have um, obviously um, built some exercises in, in these workshops and uh, I don't have the answer, of course, but I found a, um, yeah, a nice uh, fun way um, sometimes to um, get people to get different insights and including me uh, um, uh, by the way <laughs> there's uh, so the, this, uh, the workshop that I give in the core like um, I call it rediscovering our true relationship with nature mm -hmm. and I'm doing exercises like a role play um, or acting out our relationship uh, our position ourselves towards a tree like what's your you know, making also a little metaphorical and symbolic um, um, uh, play around it and um, I do guided meditations mm -hmm. uh, and mindful leveling exercises with a tree <laughs> uh, and I haven't done a tree hugging but hey <laughs> could be <laughs> something to look at um, I use the silence and the sounds of nature mm -hmm. and, uh, and then also I let um, people play nature like per personify nature because that's our way of communicating and sometimes it's 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 um, not it's, it's um, new for us to listen to nature or to feel something energy-wise we don't have that connection anymore mm -hmm. so let's start with really community and then the person which is the human and the nature which is also a person but you know it's just impersonating our nature they have a talk with each other mm -hmm. and then uh, interesting things have happened because uh, also to me I, when I first did it because we were an uneven um, number of uh, participants so I had to join in this exercise and I I was surprised how inferior and um, guilty I felt towards nature. You know, as I was talking mm -hmm. to, to nature, it's like, oh, I feel so powerless and yeah, I wanna, I, I long for you, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, and I, that is not a good way to um, be partnering up, you know, if I feel so inferior. And that was for me, it was an eye opener because um, I, and then I, of course, uh, uh, afterwards I felt like more, um, uh, did my research more and also get, getting into your, my inner landscape to understand more the, the that, that I am also nature, you know, mm. uh, and then another time when I all, again did that exercise with, with someone, I, I had a totally different experience, you know, like that it's more like an equal partnership and then nature also talked back in a different way, like, um, um, yeah, um, uh, I'll be okay. Don't worry about me. It's good that you're here. You know, like uh, that's, uh, um, yeah, it, it's all good in that sense. And um, and that person who played nature, she was also uh, um, surprised that um, that what she said in her role as nature, she also felt like she was telling herself. You know, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting exercise what it does with people and. Or like if you look at the tree and you know metaphorically you see the dead branches and then um one person sees it as a yeah so it's like the dead branches they belong to the tree like and, and just like my imperfections you know belong to myself you know like to see the um, you, you see, to see the similarities in uh, in nature and us mm -hmm. and um while i had something like oh dead branches that means I need to clean up my shit. <laughs> it's a different ways to uh, play around with it and to uh, interpret things. Uh, in the, and that's uh, very um, inspiring, uh, at, at least to me, to um, play around with 
those exercises in nature and um, see what um, yeah comes up how, how, and different people as well. Mm. You know, you never really can um, um, uh, predict it, but uh, yeah, it's uh, mm. it's fun to see what's what's happening. Uh, yeah. yeah, wonderful. Um, really, really wonderful. Um, obviously, we're we're coming to the end of the podcast, and um, I'm just conscious of the time here, so. Um, just before we go, I'm going to ask you the final question um, about, um, I ask everybody at the end, but is there anything that you would like to add, Anastasia? Is there anything else that you would like to share with us at all? Um, yes, uh, because um, I had also, um, you know, we, we should also look at more aspects like um, forest bathing, yeah. you know that, that can also help that to add up to the the, the question i uh, uh, the last one you asked or um what i also love like some more and, and we should you know being make it more a mainstream maybe like those vision quests to spend the night in the forest oh yeah wow also really reconnect people to nature and but also of course uh, change our educational system that nature gets a much more prominent um, pl uh, a place in in our curriculum and mm. there's also a lot of uh, literature around natural playgrounds uh, for instance you know for for children and uh, just to name um, uh, an incident of, of mine I was having uh, I was camping in in a forest that was sort of like a scouting uh, a space uh, with my uh, hammock <laughs> <laughs> and my sister uh, visited me with her two nephews um, and those two nephews I think there were six and ten I, I sort of felt shocked almost that they got bored in in, in the in this on the sense like they were like looking for a real playground with a slide or swings and that really um I don't know made me quite sad to um, you know understand this uh, that we have been quite uh, lost uh, our connection with nature and uh, you probably know the book the, the the last child in 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 the woods or in the forest mm -hmm. i called my nephews the lost children in the forest because they know don't, don't know what to do with it you know mm -hmm. and that is uh, quite um, sad um yeah that we um also not accept nature as it is you know like well, if, if it's raining uh, we get annoyed <laughs> and people get sort of really like um strict gardening that's also yeah. you know the weeds no they have to they don't belong there like says and that and we are scared of nature mm -hmm. and that's also something we should um maybe address more like there's nothing to be scared of um, and i'm not talking about tsunamis and stuff like that of course but yeah so that's some that's a little bit more of those things that um, mm. uh, came to mind when I thought about this. How can we reconnect to nature? That, yeah, yeah, well, that's wonderful. Um, I think it's I think it's it's really really true. Being able to um, be have a positive um, relationship with our natural world, um, you know, by bringing it in through biophilic design. Um, through engaging with it through and I actually really love the, the fact that you can and the words you've used there about your inner landscape um, you know you kind of you connect the outer and the inner um, and and do it through through nature and, and through community communing with your yourself your thoughts um, and also um, and also with 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 the natural world so and um, well so we've we've come to the end and um, 
And I, I don't want to let you go. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you on the 7th of July in 2022 at the Cavendish Conference Centre at the Net Zero Workplace. So people, if you're listening, I'm going to put a link on the bottom of the, um, yes. the podcast. So please do um, join us there. Um, but the final question that I ask everybody on the podcast, and I think this is my favourite part, um, <laughs> if you could, um, and I'm really intrigued to hear what you say, particularly, um, well, if you could paint the world with a magic brush of biophilia, what would the world look like? <laughs> yeah, I love that question. So I thought it was a difficult one. But um, first that came to my mind would be like sort of bushcraft architecture. <laughs> wow. So that's uh, getting rid of all sort of unnecessary technology and, you know, the annoying LED displays. Um, because they also keep us awake at night. So you probably know that with the orange and blue light, whatever. Um, so yeah, much more back to the basics, no more light pollution, you know, so that we can able, can, uh, well, that we are able to see the starstruck uh, sky in, in at night, because that's the moment of awe, you know, like really create a world um, that we have, what, uh, maximum amount of all moments that would be a sort of the, the idea also going back to natural um, ways of heating our houses with clay ovens whatever you know like they, they are in uh, in houses uh, nowadays as well and designing from availability that was also something that is really dear and that would be the bushcraft architecture. You know, it's all there, all the branches. Like, that. let's see what we can do with them. And that's also much more of a DIY culture to make stuff your own. You know, the the, the whiteboard to see. I've made my own. That's also all. That's that's wood that I found on the street, and that makes you much more proud. You know, of, uh, and, and um, really uh, fun to look at because you did it yourself. <laughs> And then this, yeah, this back to back to the basis of sitting around a fire at night, you know, swimming in natural waters. And whenever I have the opportunity, I'm camping, whatever, in the morning hours, swimming in a lake. Oh my God, that is just, you know, those moments where everything just falls into place. And um, yeah, having the animals closer to us um, and uh, making our own food, all that's as part of the back to basics um silence much a much more silent world you know all this noise around us that we don't even realize what it's doing to us um especially in the cities um and of course living in tree houses <laughs> that uh, is absolutely part of this uh, magic world and um then i finally thought like oh well you know that sounds about right I mean if, if you put my, me in the, this world of um, the Lord of the Rings, Lothlorien, Rivendell, <laughs> the Shire yeah that I think would be a nice summary of like my magic biophilia world that I would hope to incarnate as an elf or whatever <laughs> so that uh, yeah that's the world I would love to see in, or see and that I see in my dreams. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast.